the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Harbaugh. The word sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. the program. You've tuned into the Word to Stand Up for Life, but today it's special because it's the date, the edition of the show with my beautiful wife, Paula, and we would love your calls and questions. Whatever's going on in your life, whatever's going through your mind and your heart, uh, we'll do the best that we can to point you to Jesus. 340-9585. That's 340-9585. You can also call us toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. That's 630 you can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com. You can also send them in uh, via our free Calvary Chapel mobile app. If you're driving in your car, the safest way to call is use the free KSLR mobile app. Hit the call now button and you'll be connected directly to the studio. Paula, I want to start by just asking people to keep our kids and all of the adult supervisors. You know, we have church tomorrow night. It'll be our smallest Friday night like ever because... One of the reasons it's so good is because we have like a, a over a hundred uh, adults who are serving at the youth camp and in and, and, and all the things. Uh, and I, I just love the participation. Uh, there's probably 30 of them working in the kitchen because mm-hmm. it's a full-time job. Mm-hmm. Kid. But right now, uh, we've got uh, buses going with the kids. We've got uh, lots of different cars, caravanning yep. uh, out there, parents taking wow. the older kids out to the camp. So uh, if you in the audience think about it, if God brings them to heart and mind, would you please pray for them and keep praying for them throughout the weekend they come home Saturday afternoon. Yeah, you know what a cool thing is? Malta Medical is closed for the next few days because the medical staff all go to camp. How awesome is that? So even if anybody has an issue or issues, we have our own doctors and nurses right there. Pretty cool. Yeah, I know I can think about issues. I know, but <laughs> if, you do, if you're not prepared, you won't be ready. So. Just in case. Well, welcome to the show today. We've had a beautiful day with you already today. So, what's up? Well, on uh, September 9th, we're having a women's luncheon here. And that's coming really pretty fast. You know, uh, what's today? So, it's less, less than a month away. Wow, we better get on the ball. We've had so much stuff going that it's kind of like today's the 10th. Okay, so a month. Um, and it's here at the church. Uh, very reasonably priced, 20 bucks. That's not too bad. And our people here know that if they can't afford that, they can still come anyway. Um, but it'll be um, food made by Chef David Jones. You don't want to miss that because the guy can really put some food together. He's also the chef out at the kids' camp. Um, if it wasn't so far and, you know, kind of hot out there, <laughs> I might consider going, but these kids eat well. And um, so I think, no, that's not the reason why they go. But that could be one of the reasons why they go. <laughs> um, and then on September, uh, no, no, the next Monday. Wait, wait, wait. What? September 9th. That's September 9th. So oh, yeah, 1030 to 230 here at the church. And you're doing something you haven't done before. Yeah, that's kind of bizarre. But the Lord has put it on my heart. And then, you know, I think I've been kind of dragging my feet for a bunch of years. But then 
one person after three people after another keeps saying, uh, Paula, when are you going to your, share your testimony? So I'll be sharing my testimony at the, um, at the luncheon. So please pray for me. You know, God gets all the glory, and I just want to be sure that he does. So I'm sharing my testimony on September 9th, a Saturday here at Calvary Chapel San Antonio, 10.30 to 2.30. That's how long the thing lasts. Oh, anyway, then next Monday is going to be our last sweet summer devotion before uh, we take a little break because school is going to be starting so everybody's trying to get back into the routine uh, and and uh, getting ready for school um, but this past Monday was Patty Morrow and you know she's let me see she's older than me that's just that I, I don't think she gave her <laughs> not, actual not many people are these yeah, days huh? yeah it was it was really sweet but you could tell she wanted to be sure to give God all the glory and and she had a lot more gory details that she could have gone into um, from her childhood, but she didn't want to. It was really, you know, she knew God was always with her, even though she was not always with him, because um, she didn't get saved until later. Um, but just, you know, sometimes we think, my life is just the worst, but her life was pretty bad, you know, and yet the joy that she brings, um, it just the, the awareness that God had always protected her and now he's provided for her in such marvelous ways. Um, sometimes, you know, when the ladies start talking and they talk about their husbands and how wonderful they are, um, and then the reasons why, too, Chip has gone up several notches in my book, <laughs> I just want to say. Uh, <laughs> I love the part where, where she was talking about when they were deciding to get married and they had this wedding date set yeah. somewhere in the future, uh-huh. and Chip came to her and said, you know, we're not getting any younger. Yeah, we're not teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> so that wedding date... I, I sent uh, so Chip and Patty an email mm-hmm. uh, thanking them for, for being so open and sharing. I think it, it blessed a lot of people. Oh, yeah. You know, the, the coolest thing is... <clears throat> Uh, being a Christian for uh, some time and, you know, the struggles and the trials that you go through and yet holding on to Jesus the entire time, even though things are scary and, and, and painful, but holding on to Jesus, how that pays off. And I think that's the, the real value of having someone in our age category to share because it just gives such um, encouragement hope and hope to uh, the younger people and then those who are older who are going through or have gone through difficult things to still see she's holding on and she's not letting go. And, and and look how God is blessed. Yes. And that's, that's the thing. The, the end of trials is always the presence of Jesus, and mm-hmm. that's where there's always a lot of blessing. Yeah, I, I was really pleased with with what she shared. Now, who's sharing this money, the last one? The last one it will be Holly McPherson. Yeah. Uh, cute little thing. Now, Patty sat on a, on a stool because she can't stand very long. Holly will be standing up, but she won't be any taller than Patty sitting <laughs> on a stool. Maybe <laughs> get her a little box. Yeah, maybe we could get her a stool to stand on. But yes, Holly McPherson, and you don't want to miss that. Holly, well, you go ahead and tell the story because you, you like telling the story. Go ahead. <laughs> Well, Holly uh, and Ryan, uh, uh, you know, there, there are just times when God deposits people really deeply in, in my heart. Mm-hmm. I, I can't explain it. It's supernatural. Yeah. And uh, at the very beginning, um, they, were, they were put in that place in my heart. Uh, they wanted a baby. Um, we went out and met him and talked to him for a while. And, and she had, I think it was eight miscarriages. Never been Not eight miscarriages. Well... Yeah, eight babies are in heaven, but yeah. some of them were twins, and some I yeah, think okay. one set of triplets. Okay, so uh, and and it was just so heartbreaking to them, and yet while all of the family was was saying, please don't try anymore, please give up, let's think about adopting or something mm-hmm. else, mm-hmm. she just had it in her heart that this was a desire that God put in her heart, and she wasn't willing to give up in spite of all the pain. And I remember it in Afterglow. Um, Friday night, uh, the Lord gave me a word. I knew it was for Holly. I didn't say it was for Holly at the time, mm-hmm. but when she heard it, she knew it was for her. And uh, it was very direct about trust the Lord, don't give up. Um, um, 
and soon she was pregnant. Mm -hmm. um, that was, at the time, the most prayed for baby ever. <laughs> and uh, we, we would progress with the pregnancy, you know, watching her grow. And, and, and it just became apparent that everything was fine. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and Luke was born, yeah. and uh, it wasn't long after that that the old crummy Air Force, and I say that respectfully, uh, <laughs> took him away from us and sent him to Germany. Uh -huh. uh, they were there for three years, yeah. and then uh, we got word that they were coming back. And I was so thrilled, and they've just really been an important part of our lives and our church for a very, very long time. Uh, Holly will be sharing um, a real story of triumph uh, mm -hmm. through a lot of pain and a lot of tears, but um, about the good God, the great God that we serve. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. So that'll be our last one for a couple of weeks. And then on uh, September... Well, that's the last Sweet Summer Devotions period. Yes. For this year. For this year, yeah. yeah. And then, uh, then there'll be... You know, the women's ministry will be offline for a couple of weeks, and then we come back on September 11th, Monday, um, with the regular uh, rotation of Monday night teachers. We're starting in the book of First Peter, so I'm really excited. So, don't miss. Are you teaching the first one? Yes, yes, sir. I'll be teaching the first one, um, First Peter. Uh, I like that versus, you said yes, sir. Yeah, yes, sir. <laughs> yes, dear. Yes, my boyfriend. Yes, love book. Okay, so yes, I'll be teaching uh, verses one through nine. So, okay, so okay, Pastor Ron, this is what I wanted to talk about because I was thinking about this uh, yesterday or day before. But accepted in the beloved versus acceptance, and then I I listed a few things saying God makes the rules. Heaven is his home. All are invited, but you have to RSVP, and the answer needs to be yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then I also wrote how many people, when they go to someone's home, they remove their shoes. And we'll, I'm just giving you my list. We can go back and address these things. And then there's required attire, and no one crashes his banquet and stays. Now, let me explain to the audience. And by the way, we, we take your calls and questions uh, about anything that's on your heart and mind at 340-9585. Uh, but Paula writes these things down in the middle of the night. It's like uh, she gets awakened, and she's got a, always got a pen and paper next to the bed, and she'll be writing these ideas down that come to her. Uh, we hope by the Spirit, huh? <laughs> yes. and, we and, can only pray. Yeah, and so uh, these, these, uh, these are the hot topics on her heart. So, so. so accepted in the beloved. And you know how I always say we're unique creatures. Um, and I'm different than, than you, but um, even, you know, I'm not, well, you always say this, you don't have to be the smartest or the prettiest or the thinnest or whatever, um, but I am accepted in the beloved versus acceptance. You know, we're always looking for acceptance from either other people, um, yeah, mostly other people, and, uh, and we discount the fact that we're accepted in the beloved. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think a lot of people miss out when they're looking for acceptance from other people um, because that uh, that doesn't really last. Yeah, and honestly, Paula, I think those are people that don't really know God. They, they, they know about Him and, and in some cases are even saved. But they don't know Him. They don't know what it's like to have Him smile on their lives. And they don't know what it's like to have Jesus look at them and say, you know what, I'm crazy about you. Mm -hmm. And they don't know it because either they're spiritually lazy and they don't really dig into the Bible, or they don't know it uh, because they're so focused on the pain in their lives and the shortcomings of other people. And that's the one that sort of gives them the impulse to always seek the acceptance of other people. And when you seek the acceptance of man, um, you're, you're, you're always going to compromise your walk. Yeah. Uh, because man is concerned about man. Our flesh, we're told in Romans, is no good thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, when we're trying to satisfy somebody else, instead of rejoicing 
I call it walking under the spout where the glory comes out. Um, if our focus isn't on Jesus, the truth is we're never going to measure up to other people's expectations. And when we do, it will only be momentarily. Mm-hmm. And then we'll do something to disappoint them. And then we'll have to strive all over again mm-hmm. for their acceptance. Mm-hmm. And every morning, if you get up out of bed, every single morning, the first thing the Lord will say to you, if you give him a chance, is, I've been waiting for you. Mm-hmm. Remember what Ronnie used to do to you? Oh, yeah. He would get over on top of me, straddle me, and then take his fingers on my eyes and open them up and say, Mom, you awake? <laughs> and I would say, <laughs> I am now. Yeah. But, yeah, I think about that all the time. Jesus is waiting. As soon as I wake up, he's like, hey, how's it going? You know? Yeah, and, and, and that because we're accepted in the Beloved. Uh, another uh, point to this, I think, Paula, is that um, if we don't know that we're okay with him, not only are we always going to accept or, or look for acceptance from people, um, but we're always going to end up trying to strive to please God, to do our best, instead of resting in the fact that we're already pleasing to God. I mean, I told the church last night in, in the study, I made reference to the fact that, that we're adopted. He chose us. He didn't have to. He's not stuck with us. He chose us. And he chose us before the foundation of the earth. So he knew all of our befores and during until we got saved. And he even knows the messes we'll make even as believers. Now, I think that was my hardest thing. You know, as a believer and I would mess up, I would be so hard on myself. It's like, I can't believe I did that again. Lord, I told you I wasn't going to do that. And man, just beat myself up, you know, wasting more time. But that's the one, that's one of the great things about... And that was just last week. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it was. What other things? No, no, no. Uh, But yeah, coming and, and sitting under the teaching and being in fellowship with like-minded believers, you know, not just, oh, I messed up and then isolate, because when you isolate, the enemy's going to really convince you that, are you even saved, you know, kind of a thing. So, um, yeah, no, I, I, I think I'm beating myself up way less. Yeah, you're doing well. Uh-huh. Let's hold that thought and take a phone call. Okay. Art, Art's on line one from San Antonio. Art, thanks for calling. You're on the air. How are you doing, Pastor Ron and Paula? We're doing really well. Thank you. Um, listen, Pastor, I was listening to a program today, and they're talking about uh, John Hagee, and I didn't know this, because uh, uh, I used to like listening to him, and I didn't know he predicted back uh, a couple years back that the world was going to have uh, an asteroid hit it in, uh, I think it was in 2014, and nothing happened. You know, uh, he was selling a lot of books that four blood, uh, four uh, red moons, or I forgot what it's called. And I started thinking to myself, if if you know, if I feel this way, you know, I'm pretty sure he he's hurting other people by by making it seem like a fairy tale instead of being the, the truth. You know, the true word of God. Um, should we listen to anything he says if he you know if he's prophesizing something that's not happening? Yeah. Art, uh, thanks for, for asking. However, you're putting me right in the crosshairs again. Every time I get a question about John Hagee, I, and I answer honestly, I'm going to answer you honestly as well. Uh, I get tons of either emails or phone calls from people who listen to him or people that go to his church. You shouldn't bash Pastor Hagee. I'm not bashing John Hagee. I don't know him. Um, uh, he wouldn't give me the time of day, I'm certain. But all of this hysteria, the blood moons, the to the world, the, the false prophecies that have been made, um, all of that has caused so much damage, and all the while he's getting wealthy from it. This is a man who makes so much money that I don't know how he's ever going to explain that to God. Now, on earth, he'd say, well, you know, God bless me, and so well, what am I supposed to do? But, but the truth is, he, he's making his money, a lot of it, on the backs of the people that are supporting his church. He's, he's selling these books that are carrying these hysteria hysterical uh, um, um, prophecies and and, and false dreams. Um, We we just need to be careful. And there is nothing 
um, then I think we can we should listen to him. Now, in, in fairness, there's some doctrinal issues that he's right on. His eschatology is really, really solid, except for the fact, Art, that he's trying to, to make us think that it's going to come today, and there's always this harbinger of, of disaster looming on the horizon. Uh, and I think he does the, the body of Christ a disservice. Uh, he does have a voice, an authoritative voice. Uh, he is a, a champion for Israel, and good for him for, for being that. But even more damaging than all of those things is his ministry has been characterized over the years by a prosperity doctrine, a prosperity message, uh, and that in and of itself is so false and so harmful uh, that I don't think there's anything um, that he has to offer that we should listen to him at all. Again, he's very good at what he does. He is the classic uh, Texas preacher. Um, I wish I had his voice. I don't. Uh, but he's he's just a, uh, somebody who's unreliable in terms of the quality uh, and the correctness of his message. So, Art, I wouldn't uh, recommend him to anybody. So I appreciate you calling. Um, um, you know, the four, the four blood moons that you mentioned, Art, um, that was September 28, 2015. We we're supposed to have all these terrible things happen. And I, during that time, I got calls almost every day on the program about that. And I, every time I'd respond the same way, that's just nonsense. Don't pay any attention. But, but people called in truly afraid, truly afraid. And that short circuits their faith in Jesus. So um, I would just advise not listening to anything or reading anything that he puts out. There's always a profit motive. There's always uh, a sense of alarm uh, and hysteria. Uh, we need to avoid that uh, as much as we can. Art, thanks very much for all of you John Hagee fans. Um, um, again, there's nothing personal in this. Uh, I'm only commenting on the quality and the content of his message and almost any message that you hear uh, there's false teaching in it almost any message um, I rest my case Paula we're inside five minutes for this half of the program I know those kind of questions really saddened me if I was at home I'd be like on the bed going probably screaming Lord your people perish for lack of wisdom and, and, you know, Paul, I think the audience sometimes doesn't recognize that people who leave that church crushed and broken go to other churches, and pastors there are the ones that have to try to help heal them. Yeah. And we've seen devastating things yeah. uh, in our body, yeah. devastating yeah. things, yeah. Um, just because of the, the deliverance ministries that are silliness. Yeah. Uh, because just, just well, God's given up on me. I lost my baby, yeah. one mother said. Yeah. Uh, I lost my baby, and, and that's because I didn't have enough faith. Yeah. That kind of teaching causes so much damage. Yeah. And for anybody with a true pastor's heart, uh, it shreds our heart to pieces, yeah. and then we're, we're sort of duty-bound to try to put those hearts back together yeah. uh, and it takes a very long time if it ever happens yeah. we've had people commit suicide because God didn't come through for them in one case we yeah. did yeah oh that's so sad Dir directly from that ministry yeah yeah so <sighs> yeah that, that's painful um, back to acceptance and the beloved you know if, if we only knew how precious and valuable and I, I've been saying this again I seem like oh, every lady that I've been talking to recently who's having trouble either at home with her parents or um, unbelieving parents or with an unbelieving or even a believe, professing believing spouse and, and he's not acting like Christ um, and she's just taking all this abuse I keep saying you just don't know your value you just don't know your value one you don't need to listen to the stuff that's coming at you, you can get up and walk away, um, and you don't need to be so crushed because that unbeliever is being led by the enemy himself, and he's only spewing out the accusations um, that come from the devil, and so you know those aren't true, so you don't need to be so crushed by them because you should know how valuable you are and how perfect you are in Christ's eyes, but people don't. 
You know, I mean, you still have pain and suffering. I remember, you know, before you were saved, um, you would say harsh things, and I would just look at you like, you said you love me, I don't know what happened. You know? And then the Lord was just like, but I love you, always have, always will. So I started hanging out with him more. And that's, <laughs> that's just part of that story. <laughs> but for yeah. The, for the people that know my story, <clears throat> For the people that know my story, Paula, they uh, they know that that's really what ultimately led me to that moment where I accepted Christ because I knew your Jesus was real yeah. and that he provided a source of strength and joy for you that even I couldn't steal from you. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, from that moment on, uh, everything changed for us. Yeah, because, yeah. you know, what he told me? You know what he told me, right? That he loves me. Well, that, no, me. He told me. How beautiful you are, my darling. There is no flaw in you. <laughs> so that's what I try to encourage the ladies with. You want to know the insanity of sin? What? I was actually jealous of Jesus. Good. I was actually jealous of yeah, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. What's my wife doing running around with another man, and one that we can't see? I know. One that I don't even believe in. <laughs> And I just kept putting my arm in his arm, saying, I'm so thankful I'm your wife. (laughs) You know, I'm a bride. I'm a bride to Christ. And I'm a bride because of Christ. And I'm a bride for Christ. Mm -hmm. And may he get all the glory. You can hear the music. We've got 30 minutes left in the date day edition of the program, 340-9585 for your live calls and questions or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Ladies, this is your one chance per week to be encouraged by the world's champion encourager. It's the word to stand on for life. The date day program will be back in two minutes. to the word to stand on for life we're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll free 877-630-KSLR now here's pastor ron arbaugh welcome back to the final 30 minutes of the date day edition paula when i'm looking at you time goes so fast really mm-hmm. wow is that good well for you it is because you look younger you look at me i just look older <laughs> i'm only a year younger than you now i know man Three four zero ninety five eighty five for your live calls and questions. We had a caller in the studio about what time did the Sweet Summer Devotion start. Remember, this is the final one this coming Monday, uh, Monday at seven o'clock, and we have a, a program for the kids where they will be taught about Jesus. It's not uh, our typical children's church, mm-hmm. but it's a, it's a time to have a blast, and there's lots of people there to to minister to them. So yes, we do have child care uh, available, and also, we'd love to have you. Also, for the high school youth, Pastor Nelly teaches at that same time. We, and then for men, single husbands or whatever, mm-hmm. Pastor Ken teaches at the same time. The men and women come into the sanctuary together and we worship. And then uh, Pastor Ken takes the men to another classroom and he teaches there. So the, mm-hmm. it's a it's a full family thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we'd, we'd love to have you. And especially with Holly's message, uh, any of you out there who have been having trouble um, Conceiving, uh, God's put it on your heart to have a child, mm-hmm. uh, and you, you know that that emptiness that only a woman who wants a child can really understand. Mm-hmm. And those who have had miscarriages, she's another one who could really maybe offer some encouragement to. Yeah, yeah. It'll be about the faithfulness of God. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much mm-hmm. for asking, yeah. Paula. What's up? Okay, so get back to my list. Pastor Ron. Because you like this. Because I love this. Okay, so um, I said that God makes the rules. So what's, what's the rule of getting into heaven, sir? You can't. You can't unless you are born again. And so you can't be good enough. I hear this from my pastor all the time. You can't be good enough or do enough good to uh, merit heaven. And so See, um, it's time for me to quit. No, it's not. It's to, to, no. Not just you, but the whole church can mouth my words now as I'm, after all these years. You, you know, know what, though, that, what that means? We get it. <laughs> Finally, I'm getting it. And so um, and then heaven is his home. You know, we can't just say, oh, I'm okay, you know, and just go into somebody's house. I mean... Seriously, if, well, for instance, our next door neighbors, sometimes in the, in the dead of night, they forget where they live and they've come to my house, our house, 
And one time at like maybe two o'clock or so in the morning, I looked out the window and I thought it was a couple of the kids from our church. And I was like, oh, what are they doing here? And just opened the door. And they recognized that they weren't at their house, and I recognized they weren't the ones I thought were. And, and actually, I was there that morning, and, yep. and I just opened the door saying, what? And they just kind of pushed through like they were expected, mm-hmm. and they, they realized they were at the wrong house. <laughs> so, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Let's, let's take a break, Paul. Let's okay. take a phone call. Patricia's online, too. Patricia, thanks for calling. Hi, Pastor Ron. Yes, um, I'm I'm just like, I just feel so overwhelmed saying hi to you because it's been years and years that I try to say hi to you. I try to go to the Travis Park when you do all of that stuff for all the Mm -hmm. people in need. And I try to find a parking and it's like everybody, the whole world is there. But anyway, I just want to say how blessed we are to have a pastor like you and your wife, Terry, so beautiful relation so nice i just love you guys i mean i just love the words you say there's the best thing that to me and sometimes you guys make me cry you just make me cry because you just say the things the way they are you don't come prophesizing and, and you know imitating you feel so true it's not fake you know because i read the word and i just love you guys I just have a question for you, Pastor Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I love also Joel Ace Osteen because he's a a happy motivator. But I'm just a little bit sad and concerned because I saw on YouTube that somebody was crushing him down, that he's the devil, that he's Satan. I said, how can people talk about somebody else that, you know, I believe that the Lord gives everyone a gift of being a person that there are to be. You know, he's just a happy person, okay? Maybe he does receive a lot of money, but I don't see anywhere where God wants us to be poor or to be, you know, like, be meocracy, like living under the bridge, you know? So can Mm -hmm. you just let me know if Joel Oystein is really a true believer because I just don't want to walk on the wrong and I trust you yeah. with all my heart. I, Before thank you, Patricia. I, I, I appreciate your heart. my Lord and say that, yes, and I'll yeah. let you go, and I'll hear you from the radio, okay? Okay, thank you, And please thank say you, hi Patricia. to your wife, Terry. Thank you. She's right here. I'm okay. right here, Patricia. Thank you. <laughs> thank God bless you. Uh, Patricia, we, uh, the last Saturday of October, we're going to be out at Travis Park again with our Joy of Jesus, so uh, please get there. In fact, if you let me know you're coming beforehand, we'll make sure you don't need, we have a, a, a place when a church lets us use and a bank together lets us use their parking lots we have shuttles to the park uh, and I'll make sure that you get picked up on one of those shuttles so you won't have any problem and I want to meet you so please do that. it's the last Saturday of October I don't know it's October 28th thank you very much uh, at Travis Park and you're right there's thousands and thousands of people that will be down there we're kind of thinking about doing something adding something a little different this year but that cho- that decision hasn't been made yet so please pray uh, Patricia uh, I Personally, now, uh, regarding Joel Osteen, uh, I personally believe he's probably saved. Um, That means I believe he's a Christian. Um, But I can also say that his message is not Christian. Uh, his message is, uh, you use the right word, it's, it's, it'd be a Tony Robbins motivational type message. Uh, and he, he, his message is so incomplete that it's not even a real Christian message. And he's dangerous because of that. Now, one of the reasons, Patricia, that his church is so huge is because he delivers this incomplete message. He doesn't talk about sin. He doesn't talk about repentance. Uh, he doesn't talk about what it takes. Jesus saying to be my disciple, you have to pick up your cross. That means to die every day and follow him. He, he preaches it. Jesus wants us to be happy, wants us to enjoy our best life now. And that is teaching, Patricia, that is in contradistinction to the Bible's message. And so, well, I personally believe, now I know he gets a lot of flack on the internet, Uh, I I know he has a lot of supporters, Um, but 
Uh, no one should speak ill of him. No one should say the things that they say. They should pray for him if they don't believe that he's saved. But here's the idea. We can't judge. The only thing that we can judge is his message, and his message is not Christian. It is a false message, and uh, it's one that we should, as Christians, avoid. Um, and it should also, Patricia, break our heart that there are so many people listening uh, to that message and thinking that because his church is so successful and he's so famous that uh, he's telling them the way to get to heaven and he's not doing that. He's just not doing that. And for me, again, as a pastor, that breaks my heart. So I know that probably hurts your feelings a little bit. Um, uh, uh, He seems like the son every mother would love to have. Um, But his message... It's not about money. His message just is incomplete. Let me say one other thing, then we'll go to another phone call. Harold is holding on line one. Patricia, this whole idea of money, it's not that God wants us to be poor. Please don't misunderstand. But God wants to be the Lord of all of us, including our money. And the amount of money that a guy like Joel Osteen makes, the profit he's making off the people of God who are coming there when they're not wealthy people is instead of being sacrificial it's almost wolf-like and all you have to do to have a huge church and all you have to do to get people to give you your money is tell them what they want to hear and Joel Osteen is one of those guys who tells people what they want to hear so read your Bible and you won't get tripped up Appreciate your heart. I thank you so much for the kind things that you said. May the Lord bless you. And I hope to meet you October 28th, Patricia. Let's go to Harold holding on line one. Harold, thanks for holding. You're on the air. Sure. Hi. How are you guys doing? Yeah. Oh, at, thank uh, you. Lunchtime today. Fine. Yeah. At lunchtime today, I was reading the, I, uh, the Bible uh, chapter, I mean, Matthew chapter 25, 1 through around 16. And a comment, one of my my comment is, is that why does it always, it seems like it's, when they're talking about someone, it always has to be virgin. And then when you read further down, I understand five took no oil, five took oil that was full, but they ran out. And then such as the man, uh, the son of man is going to come. But, but the idea is, what do you do so you don't run out? I mean, there's some kind of a little story there that I can put together unless it's being saved, if that's what they're talking about. <laughs> but uh, I don't know if you wanted to, you know, because the oil will run out, I guess. But maybe I'm putting it together myself. Maybe God isn't going to run out. I don't know. If you want to elaborate on why is it always virgins when they're talking about and some about those lamps. And I'll listen on the air. I, I can do that. Thank Let's you, Harold. Okay. I, that's right. fine. That's fine. Uh, you know, the, the, we, we've got to understand that Matthew 24 and 25, um, Luke chapter 21 and Mark chapter 13, um, they're companion um, uh, passages of Scripture. And they're about the, the it's called the Olivet Discourse. And this is a very, very, very Jewish message. So when when he goes into 25, he's talked about all of the things that are going to happen when Jesus returns um, just prior or during the Great Tribulation. Uh, and, and he's going to dim all of those who who uh, who reject him. Uh, remember, he's talking to Israel who's already rejected him. And, and, and the, the parable of the ten virgins is a, a parable about one thing and one thing only, readiness. And he uses the ten virgins um, as an example of uh, a Jewish wedding. And he's saying a Jewish wedding, you know, when the bridegroom, uh, you know, a Jewish wedding, people would be um, engaged, betrothed for some time. There would be no set wedding date. Um, the, the, the groom would prepare a place for his wife to move into upon their wedding. The father would inspect that very place. And then the father would give the approval. Okay, now you're ready to bring a bride into this home and that's when this party would start well what he's saying here in its first uh, five that's the key the bridegroom was a long time in coming so the, the virgins are ready they're the, they're the bridal party and they're excited we're going to be the center of attention uh, the, 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 the bride our friend is going to get married and live happily ever after uh, but because it took a long time they got lazy 
Now, the message to Israel, and that's what this is, it's a message to Israel. The message to Israel is that you've been waiting for the Messiah for a long time, and the fact is that now he's here, and you've missed him. He wasn't what you expected, and you missed him. And when I say they were spiritually lazy, all they had to do is read Isaiah's suffering servant passages. They wanted a Messiah of their own making. And they weren't ready when he when he came. Now, the the, the idea about oil um, running out, uh, this has nothing to do with the Holy Spirit, although oil is often a symbol of the Holy Spirit throughout the Old Testament. But the oil in the lamp, they couldn't go from one place to another without their lamps at night. It would be dangerous, completely dark, and, and the, the paths were narrow and bumpy, and, and, and so they would need light. Well, when the call came, they had no oil. They didn't prepare. And of course there's five wise ones who kept their wicks trimmed and kept their lamps full of oil. And so when the bridegroom came, they were ready. Well, Jesus is telling them that they're not ready. Had they been ready, they would have believed in him. Not only that, because of the context herald of the Olivet Discourse. He's saying that all of these things that are going to happen in the Great Tribulation are going to happen to you, Israel. And there's a day coming when I'm going to set my foot on the Mount of Olives. It's going to split in two. And terrible things are going to happen. The man that we call the Antichrist is going to pursue you and try to kill you. And if you're not ready, you will be overcome. So the idea is how are we readied in the process? And that's every day. The application for New Testament Christians, Harold, you and me, the application is that we need to be ready every day for the return of the Lord. This is a very powerful end times parable that has immense application for Christians. You know, we say, we who preach the Bible, we say, you know, Jesus could come at any moment. And everybody goes, yeah, 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 we've been saying that for 2,000 years. Well, we need to be ready. Because he said out of his own lips he's going to come at a time when we expect not. So this isn't anything about the Holy Spirit uh, at all in reference. All he's saying is that uh, you need to be ready, you need to be on guard, prepared always for that moment when the Lord calls his church home. For Israel, uh, we know they're not going to be ready. We know they're going to be plunged into the Great Tribulation. We know that for the first half of the Great Tribulation, they're going to be deceived by a man who claims that he's there for peace and safety. That's when Jesus says, watch out. And at the midway point of the Great Tribulation, he's going to uh, ask them to worship an idol that he sets up in the Holy of Holies, the abomination that causes desolation from Daniel chapter 9. And that's when they're going to know and they're going to flee to the rock city of Petra in Jordan. And that's where God is going to preserve them uh, through the last terrible time, the last three and a half years of the Great Tribulation. So uh, this is a parable about readiness. It's not a parable at all about um, um, being a virgin. Uh, this is a parable about being ready for the return of the Lord. Now, one other thing, Harold, the reason he uses virgins and the application for us is is the, the emphasis, the only way we can be ready is to focus on purity. And virgins who are pure, those who weren't ready missed out. Those who were, were ready when the bridegroom said, it's time. Well, the same thing is true for you and for me. We need to live our lives focused on purity. Jesus said, without holiness, no one will see the Lord. So that's an important focus of this. But remember, and never forget the Jewish context of the Olivet Discourse. If you forget that, if you miss that, then none of this makes any sense. And we can get into some of those interpretations about, well, well, maybe I didn't know we could run out of the Holy Spirit. No, it has nothing to do with the Holy Spirit. Harold, thank you for the question. Sorry, Paula, for taking up your time. No, that's great. I'm sitting here <laughs> taking all these notes, you know, because I learn as we go. You know, and, and sometimes, you know, you know, think you know something, but it's always really, really good. That's why coming to church and hearing a message over and over again will solidify what's true in your heart. And, and you know, I've read the, the five sleepy virgins not ready with their wicks and the five um, ready virgins and again I want to be ready I want, if Jesus was to come today you know like my friend Candace once said I don't want Jesus to find me in some bar throwing back you know <laughs> I want to be found you know telling people about Jesus and living a pure and holy life so that my profession of faith won't be um, 
in question, he will say, well done, that good and faithful servant. So, no problem, I love it. So I got all these notes. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, okay, so, everybody's invited to heaven, but our son Ronnie one time, you know, we had to tell him, because he thought he was just being a good person, and he believes in Jesus, you know, but who doesn't? Everybody knows about Jesus. I mean, it's, the Bible is the number one selling book ever, has been forever, every year, I think. And so everybody knows about Jesus. But, and that, you know, you're invited, but there are stipulations in how to be able to enter into his his kingdom. And RSVPing doesn't just mean, yes, I want to go to heaven. Like you said, we have to be pure. We have to come to Jesus on his terms, not on ours, because there's required attire. And the fine white linen of the saints, you just can't come in there any old way you want to. Um, no, you have to, again, it's heaven is his home. He makes the rules. You're invited, but there's an attire, you know, sometimes on... Jesus told another parable about that, the parable of the wedding banquet. Uh, the one person in the, this whole huge crowd that wasn't wearing wedding clothes, hey, how did you get in here? Yeah. And, you know, we try to get into heaven um, on the basis of being good or doing good. We try to get into heaven on the basis of being religious or being sincere. Mm -hmm. uh, those are the wrong clothes, and you're not going to get to the wedding banquet in those kind of clothes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You might get to the door for a minute and kind of maybe peek in, but I sure don't want anybody to hear, hey, I never knew you, you know, and they say, well, I've done all these things, you know, I, uh, I put the wine up on that table every week for that guy, you know, I put the bread out there, and I stood in line while they came and took that stuff and thought it was Jesus's body and his blood, literally, I was right there, and he's going to say, really, mm -mm. I saw all the works you did, but you didn't know me and you let a whole lot of people down the wrong road, just like the two men that you had to answer a question on. I wouldn't want to be them. I wouldn't want to be them. So nobody crashes the Lord's banquet and stays, and they'll be living with that excuse for a very, very, very... Now, now because you made the connection, I have to clarify. Go. Uh, I... I, I, I believe, you know, my, it doesn't matter what I believe, but but uh, I think Joel Osteen, though a false teacher and he's going to have a lot to answer for, mm -hmm. is probably saved. Yeah. Uh, I think John Hagee is a real Christian, so I don't want anybody to misunderstand. That's why I'm taking really extra special care <laughs> to, to, to be clear here. I'm not saying they're outside the faith, uh -huh. but what I'm saying is that their messages are a perversion of the true faith. Yeah. And, and a lot of people are stumbling, and you know, when you said I wouldn't want to be them when we stand before Jesus. I can't imagine how you're going to stand before Jesus if you're Joel Osteen and say, I was ashamed of your message. I wanted to give people good news mm -hmm. to make them feel better. Yeah. And and Jesus would say, well, but wait a minute, it's not your message, it's mine. Yeah. And our job is to make disciples, not to make happy people. Certainly when that happiness is based on a false hope or a false image of God who wants us to be happy. His book, the, the one that kind of kicked this whole thing off, was uh, uh, Have Your Best Life Now. That's not, heaven is not ever going to be found on earth. Mm. And, um, you know, I think if we're looking for a message that makes us happy, we're missing the point. Uh, the point we need a message that's going to... Make us ready. Make us ready. Yeah. Uh, a message that's going to point us to Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Paula, this has gone a really fast half hour. We're inside four minutes. I know. Well, um, First Peter. I'm looking forward to First Peter, even though the subject matter is suffering. <laughs> you know, uh, but you know, the Lord allows us to go through certain things that we're more, not always more, happy. More precious than gold, your yeah, trials are. That that our faith will be proven uh, genuine at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And, you know, that's not, uh, when you think about it, you want to pick and choose the, the feel-good messages. But if you teach through the Bible the way the Lord asks us to, the start of a book and go through the whole thing, you're going to hit every topic. You're going to hit every topic. And, and um, you know, Peter's already 
uh, pretty well established uh, submission one to the other of course to God first but now he's going to be talking about suffering and who really wants to talk about suffering I hate suffering he, he was the one that Jesus told is going to be stretched out on a cross he said you know now you're free and go where you want but mm-hmm. but the time is coming when you no longer will be able to and, and he was pointing to the type of death Peter would die yeah. and imagine that Peter who we're going to talk about uh, not this Friday but next Friday uh, in detail uh, in the book of Acts chapter 2 um, Peter who who's denied Jesus was restored by Jesus is used by God to do all these marvelous things every moment of every day pointed to that moment when he was going to die yeah and, and you know Peter was ready because when they were, were going to crucify him he said oh no I'm not going to be crucified like my Lord and Savior I don't deserve that so he, what turned upside down mm-hmm. what he was ready he said you know and like that song we sang last night and you know I sing it and I really mean it but I'm still scared when I sing it uh, because of the suffering the ones where it says Jesus bring the rain if that's what it takes to praise you Jesus bring the rain and you know I don't want I don't want that suffering to have to be the reason that causes me to praise him but like pastor lane said you know praise him then but praise him while things are going well because it's things aren't going to go well all the time and so and the um, line is is uh, bring whatever brings you glory yeah whatever brings you glory that's what we want and you know with peter suffering he he messed up I, i'm going to start off thinking uh, by saying why did God choose Peter? What a mess he was, <laughs> just like us. What a privilege, you know, when the Lord just looks at us um, and says, wow, she is really messed up. When she gets saved, I'm going to use her, and people are going to be shaking their head. I mean, you're Pastor Ron, Pastor Ron. <laughs> we know who you were, you know, but that the Lord would choose the foolish the lowly, the despised, uh, the not-evens, you know, the weak things of this world. We qualify. We're not qualified, and he calls us. No, he calls us, and then he qualifies us. That is awesome. Okay, once again, Monday night? Monday night, 7 o'clock. Holly McPherson, Sweet Summer Devotions. Don't miss it. Please keep praying for our kids, as they should. Most of them are at the camp now. It started at 4.30. Yes, today through Saturday, Pastor Nelly and Pastor Richard. We finish Acts chapter 1 tomorrow, Friday night. We'll be here at 7 o'clock. I'll be back at 4 o'clock tomorrow. God bless you. See you then. Bye. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapels, the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The word to stand on for life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.